What keeps you motivated? <laughs> oh, God, that's a great question. What keeps me motivated? There's an innate drive in me for justice uh, that's been present ever since I can remember. At the same time, there's this huge rage that has always lived inside of me. Today, I get to speak with Amanda Katarzy. Amanda is a messaging and copywriter specialist. She's been helping those struggling to be heard in the digital marketplace. Those have tried all the tricks, but for some reason, it's like their mic is off or muted and they are not getting the engagement they need. Be a brilliant copywriter, find your voice, and connect with your target audience. She was raised in a cult and sex trafficked. She wasn't allowed to have a voice, opinion, or her personality. Writing was the only safe way she had to express herself. Fast forward to the present, she's now a seasoned copywriter and passionate about giving others a resonating, impactful voice. So let's listen into this conversation. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. Want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Amanda, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. Good, thank you for having me. Absolutely, so we've been connected through Unconventional Leaders for a while. We've attended a ton of calls and we're basically buddies. And um, it's it's so awesome to see your journey and what you've been doing and how you've been growing as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's building their own business. It's really awesome to see all of that. But before all of this happened, you've You've had quite a journey to get here, and we learn. You know, I would love to learn a little more about you and and share with my audience all the amazing things that you've done over the years and what all the motivations that you've gone through. You know, because as human beings, we go through several cycles and and we learn from each cycle. So, tell us a little bit about yourself and how we got all started how it all started um well how far do we want to go back i know it's your choice <laughs> your origin story oh geez all right well we'll do to a bunch of radical contradictory unforeseeable events uh when i landed in my 20s i landed in california uh with a lot of trauma already already a part of my mm. life um, which really didn't set me up for success throughout my 20s. Let's be honest, 20s was rough. Um, so I ended up in California in my 20s and uh, went to ministry school, wow. of all things. Yeah, Harry Potter ministry school, basically, is, is what I refer to it as. It's Bethel School of Supernatural wow. Ministry. Yeah, good times, good times. Um, and after my radical experiences there, uh, I started fighting professionally. Um, and it was quite a switch going from pastor to professional fighter. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's uh, so <laughs> if you don't mind me asking what clicked, like how, how did you switch? So like that's to polar opposites. 
And it's so funny because people always are like, why, how, like pastors are so peaceful and, and well, I guess so, but I guess I didn't get the memo on that. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but when I was a child, I never did well in team sports. Mm-hmm. I always ended up punching people that ticked me off. I'm an Italian mm-hmm. woman. I got a lot of emotions. And so my parents just decided, well, we should put her in martial arts since she's punching everyone already. Maybe this is, you know, where she needs to be. And sure enough, that's where I thrived and um, took me 13 years to get my black belt, but I did. And my brother and I, and my father also trained at the same place. He just got his third degree. Wow. That's amazing. Um, So, yeah. So when I went to California, it was a natural thing to pick pick back up again, because it was something that I felt comfortable in and, and already had a lot of success mm-hmm. in. So um, switching from traditional martial arts to MMA was a pretty easy transition for me. Um, and that's how I did that. Wow. And then in that, I ended up uh, meeting someone who was my boyfriend and um, unfortunately decided to be not a very nice person and ended up uh, sex and labor trafficking me. So that was another piece of that adventure. Wow. <laughs> You didn't punch your way out of that one. I mean, it's kind of hard to punch your way out of someone who is a world champion boxer, oh. is your coach, oh, and outweighs shoot. you by a couple hundred pounds. Oh, damn. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you that know, that's sense. that's that's worth that's worth like sitting on for a mm-hmm. minute because people are like, "Well, you were this trained fighter. Yeah. Like, how did you?" snap into victim mode or how did you even become a victim and the victimization isn't a physical hold you down kind of scenario it's a toxic um incestuous uh kind of relationship and head Mm. game that happens and i was set up for it honestly like my whole my whole childhood really set me up for failure and undealt with trauma that resurface set me up for failure. So um, I was really ripe for the picking when he came along. Um, so, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Holy smokes. So what happened after that? I think you wrote a, you wrote a book. I did write a book. So, yeah, I, I escaped my trafficker. I came back to Florida and I did some social work. And after some social work, I wrote a book. And so I wrote a a journal on how it's a guided journal on how to use quantum physics, mm. law of attraction and visualization or mental rehearsal to really attract what you want in your life and build the future you want. I like quantum physics. <laughs> I like the law of well, attraction. Um, we are all attracted to different things and we all have they they always call it the eye, the beauties in eye of the beholder, not in one way or another. But so you were able to escape from that stronghold, possessive situation, and come back to Florida. But then social work—that's what really helped you heal. 
Yeah, like helping other people find their healing in the process of finding my own healing, which I do not suggest, <laughs> but it's the way that it happened. Like get healed up before you try to help other yeah. people because you're going to get triggered out the wazoo. Yeah. But I had such great leaders and mentors and therapists along the way that really helped me clear the room before I entered it, if you will. Um, so I was able to help because of my experience um, though it was negative, I was able to turn it into a positive and turn it into something that served me and able to go undercover mm. and break up trafficking rings and um, put bad guys in jail and help women find their true identity. Um, so it was really, you know, jokes on yeah, him. <laughs> absolutely. Wow. So, so you were, there's, there's a lot, of, I, I see a movie in play right now <laughs> because you're this, uh, you know, black belt MMA fighter, right? So what's cool is that you are not able to escape your, um, what's the word? You're victimized because of the psychological connection, that emotional bond. It's what really breaks you down, no matter how strong you are, right? Uh, there was a movie I watched recently where, um, can't remember where, where anyways is the rock right he's basically this huge guy and he's hanging out with kevin hart and they go to see this one guy which was the old bully and even though this guy is huge massive you know how big the rock is and jason bateman's mm -hmm. playing the other guy it's like you can never blah 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 and he that psychological trauma is in him he's like yeah i, I i'm i'm a mouse in front of this guy because of that reserved trauma. So that totally makes sense. So coming back around, going in undercover and breaking up rings, you were able to do that because you had the strength, you had this training, and you you knew what goes on, how people are trapped psychologically trapped in. So that's that's a movie right there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of people that know me, they're like, you're like the most interesting man in the world, but a chick. And I'm like, oh, okay, I, I don't know about that. But it's it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I, I've been blessed with a lot of experiences. But then I've also chosen to take the bad experiences and what may victimize other yeah. people and choose to make that also an experience like what can i learn from this what can i take yeah. from this how can i make this a strength and not something that holds me back um and that just comes from like listening to different podcasts and you know andy frizella and Milette are like my dads mm -hmm. they have no idea but <laughs> they got me out of a lot of dark spots yeah. and helped me transform my mind so um i owe it to them for like a hundred percent Absolutely. And and what's really beautiful about what you just mentioned, listening to podcasts, listening to positive stuff, it flushes out all the dirt, all the gunk in your mind. It's like, and t I didn't realize this till somebody mentioned to me the other day, there's a science experiment where you have to get the dirt out of a glass. Well, what do you do? You just put it under a flowing water and eventually all the dirt will come out. The more clean stuff you put in, all the junk will come out. And it's funny, like I think about water, I've been thinking about water for so long <laughs> and in a totally different way because water is something that does not become part of anything. 
it just flows through everything. It's that, like the lubricant of life and it can never be polluted. It can only carry germs and carries other things with it. But, and that's the way. Okay, Bruce Lee. Sorry? I said, okay, Bruce Lee. <laughs> but no, literally, if you think about it, like fruits and veggies have 70, 80% water, which is retained. And if you just leave the food out, as if water evaporates, all that stuff gets sucked and dried up. Now you have, you know, no hydration in it. So it's really, it's really amazing what, how water is literally life. But anyways, putting good stuff in your mind to get rid of the, the dirt, but then also being self-aware, right? You had a ton of self-awareness and then the mentors and uh, all the leaders that you're working with and, and them also guiding you. I think that's what really helps us all. Yeah, a hundred percent. I wouldn't be anywhere that I am today without, I mean, there's like number of women popping in my head and a number of like the podcasts I mentioned popping in my head of like, I have like sent these people messages like you at one point saved my yeah. life, like, and you have no idea. Um, so, I mean, that just goes to show like even a podcast, this podcast, or even, you know, if you're on social media posting something, you have no idea um, who you are to somebody else and what that, what those posts and what your message does for other people, yeah. because people are watching and, and you have the power to transform someone's life for sure. Absolutely. And the more we talk about what we can do and the more action we take, the more we share these stories, the more transformation they're going to bring for others, the more mm -hmm. you're helping others without you even knowing it's like the river doesn't care where it flows. As long as it flows, it provides life and sustenance to the land around it. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's good. I know, I know in ministry school, we'd, we'd say, um, like you testify, right? Like, oh, and um, I think, and I might be totally wrong on this, but it sounds good. Um, I think like the Aramaic word for like testify means to do it again. Mm. And so when you talk about like, hey, this is how I got free or hey, this is how I transform my mind or, you know, whatever it is, whatever positive or even negative testimony you give, you're inviting the universe to recreate that moment, um, whether in your life or in somebody else's life. And words are just so, so powerful mm -hmm. um, in, in that sense. And, and I really do believe in that. So I try to be really careful with how I share my story so that it's a positive yes. thing not a oh what was me i'm a victim but like hey this is bad stuff happens and this is how you cannot you can overcome being a victim yeah. you know there's a <clears throat> so one thing i love about that and we've been talking about this over the past few months is the power of words that just like you just, like you mentioned and then their effect on the things around us because like quantum physics and quantum entanglement, <laughs> there's so many more dimensions that we are able to see. I think it was on yesterday's call what I mentioned, how we are three dimensionals as human beings, because we can walk on earth and then there's angels that are single dimensional and there's jinns that are two dimensionals. And 
it just blows my mind. And I, I knew about the, you know, the existence of angels and jinns, and of course, human beings. I knew about, but I didn't know which dimension they belong to. Okay. Right. So my uncle, you know, he he loves talking about spirituality, and it's really powerful stuff. And so he talked, he was talking about it, and he told me, and I'm like, wow, that's really, that's really awesome. And there was a video I watched where um, this guy was like, if you think about dimensions, somebody who's in one dimension can only experience one dimension. Somebody who's in two dimensions can only experience the first dimension and the second dimension. But then the third dimension can't really see those other two dimensions. Uh, he did it a really different way, and then and he was, he was like, it was just really interesting. I I I got a link. I got to find that video and post a link to that video in the show notes. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> makes sense. To what I'm it's power, powerful stuff. I know you mentioned quantum physics and words, and you, you all have seen the the um videos where they they say negative words at things and then flash freeze water and it's this you know evil looking thing and then there's like when they do say nice words there's these beautiful patterns that are um, frozen in the water so and they've done tons of experiments with plants the same way Mm. when you speak life uh the plants grow and have beautiful fruit but when you say hateful things the plant kind of withers and doesn't really produce anything and if that's having such an effect on water and plants the effect it has on us as human beings and spiritual beings, like you're saying, it's, it's, there's so many layers to it. Um, and again, I mean, that's why words are so important. That's why you podcast. That's what I write. Uh, cause words can change a life yes. one way or another. Absolutely. So there was, um, words can change lives. No doubt. I can't. I just can't stop thinking about how powerful that is, and how we need to. And I think that's exactly why they say who you surround yourself with, and what effect they're going to have on you. Right? If you're surrounding yourself with people who are positive, who are encouraging and compassionate and grateful you're eventually become that person. Mm-hmm. 100%. So powerful. And that's why, you know, I'm so grateful for you and the group, um, Heather's Unconventional Leaders group, because we're all running, you know, towards something. And we all are running towards a higher yeah. level of human, a higher level of business, a higher level of character and communication. Um, and I think that's something the world in its entirety is missing is an ability to communicate and like this generation this next generation has totally missed mm-hmm. it because of the electronic age that we're in is they're not used to having human connections right. and human conversations and it's much different than a digital than a text than a dm um and it's creating massive human problems it is. Uh, and when, when I'm having a rough day, I'm like, man, people are just being superhuman today. 
Whereas like the humanity is coming out. That's my nice way of like, people suck, you know? (laughs) Uh, But it's just recognizing like, oh, you're being really human right now. And I can be that too. And so can these people in government. And so can this person and that person and recognizing that this is a human condition and we're all responsible as individuals to level up in how we connect to other humans. Absolutely. And I think that's something that we've missed entirely. And that's why we're having so many issues. We have, we absolutely have. And what's really interesting, the more I see is in the beginning when we had AOL and, you know, instant mess, messenger and messenger messenger, it's all text going back and forth. Sure. You could go into a chat room, but everybody was anonymized. We didn't have the concept Mm -hmm. of like really being real of who you are. People were like, oh, I can be anybody, so I'm gonna be a dick. I'm gonna be uh, somebody who's not nice. I'm gonna, I can, you know, be cynical. I can be, do all those things, break people down. But now with the Zoom age, I mean, I'm gonna start calling this post COVID the Zoom age because now we're able to see each other and be grateful and compassionate again because now we can see each other. We can see what you're doing. And I've seen that with my kids because they just started school and they're doing virtual classrooms, right? So they're sitting in front of computers, but they can see all the other kids seeing them and then how they react. So they they have some kind of connectivity with the kids, but it's not it's not the same as you know you and I talking because we're you know we're are a little more mature in that aspect, but they're entering that. At age five, I mean, my my five-year-old, he just started school and kindergarten, and he that's how he's starting. Wow. And um, my wife and I were talking the other day, and, and they're like, you know, we might as well continue virtually because there's a lot of social problems that we won't see, like kids gossiping, you know, in, in school um uh, school hallways and on the bus, what's going on, what are people saying, bad words, good words, and what type of information they're being exposed to. Because, you know, kids talk about everything because we Mm -hmm. limit, like we limit what type of content our kids are exposed to, but that's not the case all over the world or all over, Right. right? So also based on religion, you know, what type of information do you want your kids to be privy to so we're like we just might continue this and won't have to send them to a different school because they are in the safety of our own it's like it's basically like homeschooling <laughs> but you know without hey i was homeschooled till college so I, I it's kind of funny to me to watch everyone be like oh my gosh <laughs> like this is crazy i was like well <laughs> and it was really hard for me to relate to people who were like i'm missing my prom and i'm missing my senior year i'm like what? Like, I, that means nothing to me. Those words mean nothing yeah. to me. And I can't relate on yeah. that level because I was going to college at 15. Like, I don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Like, so um, I did pretty well, I feel like, as a human <laughs> being, being homeschooled. Um, my brother was as well, and we turned out just yeah. fine. So it's interesting watching. And what back when there were no resources yes. to homeschool, back when it wasn't cool. Um, so now the resources are just massive, massive. the stuff available. And I, I, I think I agree, and especially working in anti-sex trafficking realms, um, it's terrifying yeah. the trafficking that happens in peer to peer in public schools and how 
they traffic each other. Uh, and it, it's just, I, I would go into schools and teach about this and educate and do emergency, mm-hmm. you know, interventions uh, because someone's sending a picture of a girl around, you know, pornographic images. And, and that's human trafficking by definition, uh, just as hate crimes mm-hmm. towards each other. They're, and so it, it was, it was, I remember always thinking like, how in the world am I going to ever have kids? <laughs> with all this going on with all that I've seen yeah. and all that I know I'm going to be a crazy mom. Yeah. Um, haven't gotten there yet, but yeah, that's definitely been something in my mind. And now that we've entered this age of homeschooling, mm-hmm. basically it's like, ah, well, there, that's all yeah, that. Solve, it <laughs> solves so many more problems than you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And um, it's almost like a warning, right? This whole COVID, like all this, wouldn't have happened it's almost like a warning from god like hey guys <laughs> you're going off the rails can you please pull it back or you know something bad yeah <laughs> i don't know is that what you think it's just a theory because that's interesting i've never really heard you talk about that before so that's curious to me um it's a theory that that again my uncle mentioned it because you know he's into like he looks in, into things from different dimensions, different perspectives. So it was it was really interesting to hear. I'm like, hmm, does make sense. And it was very specific about so um, every year for you know past hundreds of years, people have been going for pilgrimage in Mecca in Medina. And there was a lot of stuff wrongful stuff that was happening where they're inviting people from the states, they're having dances and whatnot, all in this holy country. And I was like, you know what? I don't need this. You're not, I don't need this. So this year there was no Hajj. It was a very small scale, anybody that was local, right? Very small scale. But last year there was like 5 million people. Guys like, I don't need this from you guys. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it means nothing when you're disrespecting what I've given you, right? So like from that perspective, yeah, it makes sense. And then if you go, if you, if you look in the Bible and if you look in the Quran, there's a ton of stories about, you know, uh, different uh, devastations and and natural disasters happening that are basically enveloping an entire human race or entire human uh, community because they went astray. Yeah. I guess I have, I, you know, obviously, like, I've, I know theology and studied world religions and all that good stuff. Um, we've never had the opportunity to talk about religions. So it's kind of fun. But um, I guess, like, my theology is that I believe God's a, a good father. Um, and I know that there's, like, Old Testament God and New Testament mm-hmm. God, if we're talking about the Bible. And um, But then there's also that conflict of, okay, well, God is never changing he was and is so how can you have old testament god versus new testament god a loving god versus a wrathful Mm -hmm. god Uh, and so like that's something that i've wrestled with but i I truly believe that god is a good father and um maybe maybe my definition of father is is different than other people's um experience of father Mm -hmm. but what you naturally think a good father does for his children you know he corrects them he encourages them he loves them he teaches them so then um 
getting into all those different factors. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean that he would send a virus? Does that mean he would be like, I mean, would you give your kid a virus, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like, Ooh, I don't know. So yeah, that would, that would, that might be a different podcast. That for- <laughs> would be a different podcast. And actually there are some stories, um, where, uh, I can't remember the name, but there's, um, Moses was basically following this one person and this person had much more understanding of things than anything else that Moses had. So Moses would ask questions, like, don't ask questions because I, I'm just going to do what I'm doing. And if you ask questions, then, I'm, then you're going to have to take off. So um, they sat in a boat and they crossed the river and there was a really nice boat. And then this man, you know, he made a hole in the boat once they crossed over. And then he asked, why'd you make a hole in that? So he's like, just, I told you, don't ask questions. You have one chance left. And then there was another one where he was crossing this land and there was this wall bro- getting broken down. So he fixed the wall. And it's like, why did you fix that wall? What's going on? And then he's going and going and there's this really nice kid and then he basically kills the kid. Like, why'd yeah. you kill the kid? So like, all right, that was your, that was the last string. Let me tell you, the reason I put a hole in that boat is because the king on the other land was taking over all the boats that were nice. And this kid would no longer have a living. So I made a hole in there to make it damaging. So then the king won't take the boat from him. The reason I built up that wall is because there's a treasure buried underneath that belongs to these two two teenagers. They're not of age yet. So if the wall broke down, all the townspeople will come take the treasure and these kids are left with nothing. So I built up the wall so they have, you know, they have something when they grow up. And the reason I killed the kid is because he was going to be a really bad uh, person and going to damage his parents. Like, wow. So he had a farsight that God gave him versus Moses, you know, he didn't have that. So I don't know if it was Moses. I'm probably missing up the names, but I was like, wow, that's, that's insane. So thinking about that perspective and thinking about God, knowing he's basically on a dimension on his own. So he created time so he could see from the beginning to the end just like mm-hmm. when we basically draw a drawing on paper, you can see from one end to the other. We know how it started, how, we, how it ended. So it's it's just mind-blowing, like even thinking teeny bit about it. Our brains are not designed for that purpose. Yeah, no, definitely not. He definitely has got some perspective on us, for sure. Talking about perspective, um, you know how they say the grass is greener on the other side? It's because you're standing from a perspective where you don't, you can't see directly down and see the black spots. So you see far away, like, oh, that grass is green. Maybe I should go over there. When you go over there, I'm like, oh, crap, it's the same as the one that I just came back. Then you look over and that one looks green. So <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that interpretation. I've heard like it's green on the other side water your own grass or something like that, but I've never heard. That is definitely true. But even though, so here's the funny part, right? No matter how much water you water on your own grass, you have the same downward looking perspective on your own grass. 
So you're going to find those spots. You're going to find those blank spots and whatnot. And the reason I came up with it is I was walking in my yard and I, my neighbor always tells me, dude, your grass looks really good. And I looked down and I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and I looked far away in my further backyard and I was like, that grass does look much greener. So I walked over and I'm like, okay, this is the same thing. Like, that's why. <laughs> you got to change the perspective. Perspective. All about that perspective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. So, Amanda, we talked about your journey. We talked about the amazing path you've taken, all the amazing things that you've done and overcome and helping others and helping yourself and growing and being compassionate and creating stories of wisdom and, and you know, using positive words. <laughs> stories of, stories wisdom. of wisdom. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds really cool. I don't know about that, but okay, we'll keep rolling with it. What keeps you motivated? Oh, God, that's a great question. What keeps me motivated? There's an innate drive in me for justice uh, that's been present ever since I can remember. Mm -hmm. At the same time, there's this huge rage that has always lived inside of me. And I think it's worth mentioning alongside the justice, just because it's not like I'm sun saint, mm -hmm. you know, like um, those, that's my counterbalance, you know, of I want to go save the yeah. world. And at the same time, I'm like, screw the world. Like they suck. Yeah. Um, and that's my constant battle is uh, really wanting to give people an opportunity to be the best versions of themselves. Uh, and at the same time, uh, you know, I guess very much like God wanting to be like, okay, you're done. You had your opportunity. Um, and, and I think that to live in that, in that balance and in the in-between of those two emotions is a really delicate but important place to be. Yeah. Um, and that's what keeps me dry, you know, whether it's rage because of injustice or if it's justice for justice mm. sake. Uh, and and recognizing that choices are so powerful for people and our experience of the world really shapes who we are. So like my trafficker, he was raped as a child multiple times. And so he could either choose to stay a victim or in the circumstance he was in, you either have you know, people take advantage of you or you take back the power. And those were his only options. Therapy was not an option. You know, being self-aware and woke was not an option on a Native American reservation mm. in the 80s yeah. surrounded by alcoholics and people who thrived off of domestic violence, yeah. his family. Um, so it makes not to excuse anything he did, but it makes total sense. Yeah why he turned into who he turned into. And when I realized that, it gave me so much grace for him and really made me want to help people from turning into abusers. Like, yes, I wanna help victims, but I'm really interested in warlords. I'm really interested in dictators and communist leaders because something, they're so close to their calling but they just went off somewhere. Yeah. Like they are almost walking in their true potential, 
but it's jaded somehow. And so how do we pull them out of that shadow and into the light and the true revelation of who they are instead of living this counterfeit version of who they are, where it's like, well, that's kind of like, you're kind of rocking it with the dictatorship thing. But if we could get you to walk in love and empower, like you could have such a greater impact instead of fear and hurt and rage. And I just think about, my trafficker and like what his life would look like if he had somebody who came alongside him and said, like, this isn't you, you have so much more potential. Um, And so that's really what drives me at a much deeper level. People just think, oh, she's, you know, likes to help victims or, oh, she's a social worker or, oh, she writes legislation. And yes, those are all things I love to do, but they're symptoms of this greater thing in me that wants to reach those dictators and those warlords and those those people who are so lost in their own fear that they're perpetuating it like my heart just breaks for them like the true tragedy is my trafficker will never know true love yeah that is he'll never know what it's like to live outside that fear and that rage that he has to hurt other people to feel in control that's a horrible horrible life life. horrible And so when I talk about my story, I'm like, the true tragedy isn't me. The true tragedy is him. Um, And so like that's at my core what drives me to do some of the bigger stuff like legislation and, uh, you know, the stuff I do in politics and and writing stuff like I do. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that was a very long answer. I I didn't expect that to come out (laughs) of me. That's beautiful, though. Is from the heart. It's you know, it spoke. It's very concise too. You know, I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah. So we've we come to a point where we have some really cool stuff to talk about. Ask you questions about. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. What is the one hobby that you wish you got into? What did I tell you? You didn't. What's the one hobby? Oh. Um, you wrote something in the questionnaire, but it doesn't have to be that. What is the one hobby I wish I'd gotten into? I know, like I've been thinking about, I really enjoy singing. Mm. And I think I could have been a great singer if I could have learned how to be a good singer. <laughs> So I I really enjoy it and I wish I could sing good because I can't sing good. Uh, So that's something that I've been thinking about recently or even the other day I was driving. I'm like, I probably could have been a good actress if I would have been like had the opportunity. I think of Heather all the time in her acting classes. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, But yeah, probably, probably singing or swimming. I'm a really good swimmer. And I was on a swimming team once as a kid. but like we couldn't afford for me to travel with the swim team. I'm a good swimmer. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> a swimming singer. La, la, la. Yes. It's like masked singing, yeah. but not, you know, the masked singer, the swimming singer. <laughs> the swimming underwater underwater singing. singing. What up? Yes. What did you want to be when you were a child? I knew I wanted to be a writer. Um, so it was like always a mix between being a journalist, a secret agent. Um, yeah, one of those two. I was like super into secret agent stuff. So I would, you know, 
I thought whenever I go into Walmart or something, I would like hide in the clothes rack and like pick somebody that I would follow around <laughs> secretly. And that poor person, they're probably like, why is this kid following me? And I think I'm being so sly, but I thought I would have made, you know, I grew up shooting. I grew up hunting. I grew up, you know, being physical, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, I feel like I could have been a good secret agent, but maybe not. Well, well you did do some <laughs> undercover, you know, you kind of you kind of lived lived a little bit of that yeah and then my my pg version of that was like okay well if i can't be a secret agent then i can be a writer so i can still like travel and investigate and stuff like that so i'm kind of there uh but not really so (laughs) (laughs) very cool i love it i love it i used to read these books these novels um they're called imran series and they're all in urdu and I would love to read these. I, it's been so long that I, since I read it, but it was very similar to, I guess, James Bond or, or okay. And and you know, so this dude, he's got martial arts techniques, and he's like going around. He's got these gadgets. It's, it's so cool. I think that's what drove me towards like Mission Impossible and and James Bond and all his tech stuff love too. Mission Impossible. Yes. Well, that yeah, that makes sense. You're like the tech dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what, if I ever get recruited by special agents or the CIA, you'll be my tech guy. <laughs> and I'll be like, yo, outfit me with all the, you know, the cool gadgets. gadgets. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Next question. What is your favorite movie or TV show? My favorite movie is probably Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I love Fight Club. That movie, I got, I got to go watch it again because oh, it was so, so different. I was like, "Wait, what's going on again? What?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first time I watched it, I had no clue. I was like, "That was a weird movie." Okay, whatever. And then my husband loves that movie, and um, he looks so much like the main character, not Brad Edward Pitt, Norton, the other guy. Yeah. Yes, he looks like Edward Norton. And so, um, we, and he likes it a lot too. So we watched it again and my mind was just blown and I don't want to give it away, but I think that's why I like yeah. it too, because it's got fighting and it's got the psychological stuff mm-hmm. in it. And, um, and I love the actress. What is her name? I don't remember. I know she's like Madame Lestrange in all the Harry Potter movies and she's just quirky and weird. And I like her. Um, and as far as my favorite TV show is definitely the office. I watch it every single day. Really? I'm not even really? joking. Yes. Oh my God. I I've watched every single episode, like hundreds and hundreds of times. They feel like my best wow. friends when I watch it, but I started watching it in California when I lived in California because Michael Scott is straight up my father (laughs) and whenever I'd feel homesick I would watch The Office and feel like not as homesick because I like I cannot even tell you they're identical like the jokes the inappropriateness the awkwardness my dad and my dad's named Michael like it's just too good to be true and I've got two office quotes in my office as well so yeah big fan of The Office I like it I like it so if you like Michael Scott or what's his real name? Ben? No. Steve no Carell. Idea. Yes. He's got a new show called Space Force on Netflix. Have you seen it? It's so yes. good. <laughs> it's so funny because like it got it got like poo pooed yeah, on or whatever by the critics. Like they hated yeah. it, but I'm like, it's not. It's I don't know. Maybe I'm just loyal to yeah. him and just love him. Yeah. So I think I'm just like, no, it's wonderful. That's probably what are you it. talking yeah. about? 
It's yeah. good. It's definitely quirky. Awesome. All right. All right. All right. This is going to be a fun question. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Oh, God. I think I'd want to be a secret agent of some yeah. sort. Like, I would think I would want to be like Ethan Hunt in Mission Impossible, um, but want to be like a badass chick version. Well, there is Salt with Angelina Jolie. <laughs> no, it didn't, I don't like didn't. her. <laughs> I don't have lips like that. Like. <laughs> or you could be Tomb Raider, the new one. Okay, I like I like the new Tomb, the new Raider. Tomb Raider. I do. It's not so over the top yeah, as the old no. school one. Yeah, but she's a little bit naive. She's in her arms are a little small. <laughs> Needs to be low. I'm a little bit more ripped than that. I like to think. So, um, yeah, a ripped Tomb Raider chick, new version, or female Ethan Hunt. There's also um, the movie Jumanji, the new Jumanji. Oh, yeah, those are those good. Are those good. are pretty funny. Yeah. All right, so we'll pick one of those, and we'll put them down there. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll be Ethan Hunt. All right, then. you're Ethan Hunt. Who is your favorite s superhero? I'm not really a superhero kind of person. I'm a Star Wars person. All right, so what would you be your superhero power? What would be my superhero power? Um, I would want to, like, manipulate the elements or something, like use the Force. Use the Force. Because the Force can do a lot of oh, things. Yeah. It can manipulate stuff, and it can manipulate people's minds. Like, it's, it's, yeah, the it's Force. It's a combination of so many different superpowers. It's mm -hmm. like it's yeah, like the force. Doctors it's like Holy Spirit. Yeah. Tying back into our religious conversation. <laughs> well, you know, talking about the Holy Spirit, Doctor Strange would be a really good one. Yeah. I haven't watched I haven't seen much of Doctor oh Strange God. other than in the um Guardians of Galaxy and the Avengers yeah. movies. I've never watched Doctor Strange before. Oh, you gotta see Doctor Strange. Oh really? yes, because quantum physics. Mm. Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. you're gonna love it. Last question: If you were a board game, what would it be? <laughs> Such a weird question. I know this is hacks and hobbies. <laughs> I was a board game. I don't like board games. I was a board game. What would I be? Uh, like Risk, because I like the idea of world domination. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard that one before. And, like, and being friends with, you know, world dominators. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. There you Genghis go. Genghis Kong. There you go. Yeah. And I, and I played Risk. That was like my geography school. <laughs> hashtag homeschool. Going right back there. <laughs> risk is how I learned, like, where countries nice. were. Nice. I like it. I like it. Thank you so much, Amanda, for your time. Where can my audience find you? Find me at Instagram, on Instagram, at Amanda Cat. Just how it sounds, nothing fancy. Amanda Cat. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. This was a ton of fun. Guys, check out Amanda Cat on Instagram. She is super cool. She's doing some amazing things out there. And thank you so much. Have a good one.
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode on hacks and hobbies. We absolutely appreciate your contribution. You can find additional notes on hacksandhobbies.com. Please share the podcast with your friends and tell them what you learned about our guest today. 